Have you ever seen someone do really well and wonder how on earth they managed it? I found myself asking that very question at times, and now I want to uncover the elements that go into creating success, influence, connection, and most importantly, happiness in people's lives. My friends, welcome to the High Performance Human Podcast. Welcome once again to the High Performance Human Podcast. It's your boy, Reedy, here. I hope you're going well and having yourself a wonderful day. My gosh, am I privileged? I feel like I need to do a courtesy of some description, lay out the red carpet. We have ourselves some speaking royalty with us today and someone who I've been following for a little while and have absolutely jumped on board with in terms of the train that is very much picking momentum. Amanda Stevens is a an incredible speaker, widely regarded as one of um, the best speakers, not just in terms of her skills, but the content that she brings around all things marketing is about as good as it gets. Already this year, she's flown all over the world. She's flown to Nashville. She's flown to Singapore. So clearly, whatever she has to say has got some serious, serious value. Amanda, thank you so, so much for joining us on the High Performance Human Podcast. How are you? I'm great, Andy, and thanks for having me. Look, I the pleasure is absolutely all ours. I can tell you that now. And team, just make sure, like, if you if you if you started listening to this and you have a chance, just press pause for a second. Go and get yourself a cup of hot brown, and make sure that you tune into this because there's going to be a whole load of value coming through the pipe that you probably need to listen to more than once. Um, now, Amanda. The way that we roll with this one is that this High Performance Human podcast is all about the four key elements being success, influence, connection, and happiness. And so first things first, allow us to connect with you and tell us who you are and give us a bit of an elevator pitch as to your journey up to this point. Yeah. Uh, so I am a speaker, as you said. Uh, I'm an author. Um, most importantly, I'm a mum uh, and and juggling all those things is uh, trickier than it looks. Um, but I'm sort of known as the consumer futurist. So in terms of what I speak about and write about and blog about and obsess about uh, is why humans do what they do, um, particularly from a consumer perspective. So, uh, you know, how people are changing, how our shopping habits are changing, uh, and just overall how our behavior and how we form brand relationships is changing. So that's my kind of area of specialty. And as I said, I, I love it. I, you know, obsess about it. Um, and be- before you, before you were in speaking, you were very much, you were very deep into the marketing world, right? Absolutely. So I did a double degree in consumer psychology and marketing. And I think the, <clears throat> that led me on this um, incredible journey of understanding the intersection of those two things, uh, you know, why people do what they do, as I said, um, and how brands and businesses can, through understanding deeply those insights, can better connect with the hearts and minds of their of their customers. So that led me on to uh, starting a marketing agency, which sort of happened a little bit by accident. I was freelancing, working with a bunch of clients and it just kind of before I knew it, I woke up one day and had hired a bunch of staff and <laughs> leased an office. And um, yeah, so that was pretty cra- pretty wild ride. Um, and because that business grew so quickly, uh, I won a couple of awards and that uh, was how I got into speaking. Uh, so I was invited just through that award process, uh, was invited to speak at some luncheons, at lunches and breakfasts. And I have to tell you, when I first started speaking, I was bloody terrible. <laughs> I, was, I was so bad. Uh, I was so nervous. I'd be vomiting before I went on stage. It was just an absolute car crash. But what was happening is that every time I spoke and told our story, essentially the, the, the agency's story and what we believed in and stood for, we were getting clients. So. My initial thought was purely commercial. Uh, it was, you know, if I'm really bad at this and we're getting clients, imagine if I was really good. So I went and found a speaking coach and I just said to him, 
if I'm going to do this, like I want to not only be really shit hot at it, I want to enjoy it because right now I'm not enjoying it. It's not fun. Uh, It makes me feel physically ill. Um, So I worked really intensively with him for about 18 months. And it's, you know, it's that kind of 10,000 hours um, theory, right? I think a lot of people look at us as speakers and think, wow, they've got the gift of the gab or they were born to speak. Um, And, you know, the fact is it, it takes a lot of work uh, and a lot of hard yards and hours to to make it look easy. Um, and what happened in that process is the more I, the better I got at it, the more I enjoyed it, the more I enjoyed it, the better I got at it. Um, and then eventually I was just, you know, it was, I realized it was what I wanted to do. It was my purpose. It was my passion. Uh, and so the opportunity presented itself to sell my agency and I just kind of grabbed it with both hands because the business was getting in the way of my speaking. So, um, yeah, so I'm very, very fortunate to have a really great and incredible life now as a as a professional speaker. Now, uh, there's so many things that I want to unpack in there. But before we do, rule of thumb with this podcast is I want to get from you what your definition is of a high performance human we've had all sorts of answers for this one which is absolutely fascinating so um tell us first off amanda what does a high performance human look like feel like present like to you Mm, that's a really good question and i've been doing some deep thinking on this since we started this conversation Look, I think a lot of people would define a high-performance human or when you think about a high-performance human, it's either someone who's, you know, a, a rock star CEO or, um, you know, a, an Olympian, um, you know, someone who's at an elite level of performance and success. But I think for me, a high-performance human is someone who's simply committed to bettering themselves every day. Um, so for me, high-performance is actually not, a destination that you reach. It's actually a process that you commit to. Uh, so, and I and I think a lot of people struggle to consider themselves high performance. Um, and that's another thing that I've been thinking about. Like, am I a high performance human? Uh, you know, it feels weird. It brings up all that imposter syndrome stuff. Um, but you know, probably if I use myself as a litmus test for a high performance human by that definition. Um, yeah, I am. Cause I look for ways to better myself every day. That is a different again, but very, very intriguing answer. I love the concept of that and, and uh, of, of it being more of a, uh, almost an attitude rather than a, uh, rather than, like you said, rather than a destination. Uh, I think the way that where it ties in with uh, one or two of your counterparts that have been guests on this show so far, and uh, one of the common words that's been coming through is consistency. Uh, that's been one of the common threads that was coming through. But how you articulate that, it sort of reminds me of uh, Sir Dave Brailsford, Team Sky, you know, the, the uh, aggregation of incremental gains. And that's something that I've been uh really trying to focus on myself actually the last couple of years because when we and i'm sure we're going to unpack imposter syndrome uh very very shortly but it really like this high performance thing this whole conversation it, yes of course it's subjective that's obvious but to be able to boil it down to something as simple as you are performing as high as as well as you possibly can um with the tools that you have been given right by god or whatever you whoever you follow or whatever you follow be it religion science or whatever um and you're using them to better yourself to some degree every day um you can't can you ask for much more than that realistically um you know can anybody ask for more than that mm, yeah i mean i love that notion of and certainly the way i approach things um and have done even more so in the last few years because at the end of 2021, I had, um, you know, quite a severe near death experience. I spent eight days in ICU with septicemia, um, wasn't expected to survive. Um, my partner, Chris, was stuck in a lockdown in Melbourne. Um, and they rang him on the third night and said, we're, we're just out of options. We've got one last antibiotic to try. And if that, doesn't work. We're about four hours away from organ failure. Mm. That that night and that experience of really feeling like I was dying, which is a weird kind of 
it's a weird concept, but um, that's how it felt. Um, it's you know, I thought a lot in that time about not high performance, but you know, the concept of strength. And you know, when you're going through tough times or you're up against it, people say, I'll just be strong. Um, and I couldn't be physically strong in that time, but what I could be was brave. So just have one brave thought from minute to minute. And that's a great example. And certainly how I've chosen to live very purposefully since then uh, is more about cumulative effect. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people would come through a near-death experience and go, I, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to live very differently. I'm going to be a complete health fanatic and um, all of that. And I'm not saying health's not important, but I, I'm just a believer that if you put enough credits in the bank, whether it be health or money, literally, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, other things that you're striving for in life, the cumulative effect of that, that's what leads to high performance. Yeah. So, I'm on- my habits, are my daily habits perfect? No, um, by any means, but I feel like I do enough of the little things well, um, whether it be bravery, whether it be, you know, you know, the daily things you do for your health and wellness, um, mental health, um, you do enough of those every day. They, they add up to the big things and they add up to the big results. Could not agree more. And and then, you know, and, and we're we're applying this at a very, very basic level. But even if you look at even if you look at the rock stars, you know, the the sea, the 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 athletes, um you listen to any one of them um and over an interview or whatnot, and as and you know, and and many of them will say there's no one big thing. There's no, you know, I am not this God's gift to whatever. You know, it's a, it's a, it's an accumulation of um, a heck of a lot. Like Michael Phelps, for example, he mm-hmm. had to get up at whatever it was in the morning, every morning, seven days a week, to get to where he ended up. Now that's an ultimate level of sacrifice, which mm-hmm. you know has led to him getting to wherever he wants to get, wherever he's gone. But it's also come at a price as well. And I think you you look at and I, and I think one thing that I'm having some uh, fun with it at the minute, which is what a few people do is when you sort of reach a level where you either don't feel you belong at the next level or you feel that the next level of sacrifice in order to pay the admission of entry um, gets really, really difficult to, to either do because you're your own habit systems or your behaviors aren't as good as what you think they need to be. Um, or it's a case of, or it's a case of you just happy with the lot that you've got. But what I really like about what you just said then was that, you know, it's okay to understand that, right. Am I perfect? No, am I going to be perfect? No, but do I get the little things right in the areas where I want to get them right in? Yes. And that's where I think we can all take a little lesson from that in itself. Like if we're all trying to achieve what our version of high performance is, instead of trying to be high performance in every single aspect of our life or having that expectation, just being that high performance person in the areas that you want to be a high performance human in, I think is, is absolutely tangible for way more of us. Um, you know, because, you know, any of these high, you know, high profile people or anybody like, you know, you, me, we all have our, we all have a, a vice or a, or a weakness, or we all have something that we succumb to or whatever it is. Um, you know, even if it is a, even if it is a short American every now and then. Um, <laughs> now, um, you know, so in short American, by the way, guys, is, is, is referring to Amanda's partner in crime, Chris, uh, Chris Helder, who I'm sure will get on the show soon as well. Um, yeah. He'll take he'll take real umbrage to you if you're calling him short, let me tell you. <laughs> oh bless him. Look, he, he's only short in, in stature, it's not short in, in personality. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Um so now I want to I want to dig into a couple of things with you in particular. And you already mentioned uh, you know, briefly when you were talking through your bio, um, that when you were going into the speaking world, when you initially started the speaking side of things, something that you are now your, you know, your world revolves around. Um, you mentioned at the start that when you first did your first one or two, it was like vomiting. It was, it was a mess. It was, uh, you know, you, you didn't think you were doing very well, all that sort of stuff. Now, first thing I want to ask around that is 
what was it that made you continue following down that path when in that early phase clearly your body was telling you no amanda this is not for you mm. yeah good question as i said it was you know rightly or wrongly it was um pretty much a commercial thought process of i could see the potential for my business of speaking because in any business you're often selling one on one um but speaking if you have a business behind you is that opportunity to sell to many so it's a really leveraged way to build a brand mm-hmm. uh but as i said the trade off was it was it was terrifying it was pure it was terror that's probably the the best word i can think of like the thought of getting up on stage and speaking to even 50 people was just so horrific for me uh but i realized and i like you know i looked at other people and how easy they made it look and how seamless and how much they actually you could tell they enjoyed it and i was like that's where i want to be so i knew that I was a long way from there um and that I'd have to put in the work and invest and uh you know that it wasn't going to be an easy process and I was going to have to break through some um self-imposed kind of limitations on that as well um and I was just I think I was very lucky that I found the right coach um to help me through that process and as I said it was a lot of hours and a lot of intensive work and just a lot of practice um you know a lot of practice and, and even now you know at the level that I'm at with speaking I still have coaches I have um you know I have coaches in a couple of different areas that I want to work on um improving um my on stage performance um so that's you know it's an ongoing process what were those limitations if you could articulate them what what do you think those limitations were oh it was all the normal you know imposter stuff um i'm too young who do i think i am uh you know i was in my 20s at the time um but, and i think it was just that no one's going to believe me i don't have any credibility there was a point in time this is a bit embarrassing to admit but there was a point in time before i needed glasses um like i do now that i wore glasses on stage because i felt like it made me look older and more credible um they were just clear but um you know that's the level i was going to to try and overcome which was probably my stuff mm. uh, but i just yeah it was all that kind of self that that negative self talk of all the reasons why this wasn't going to work or why i wasn't going to be good or why i couldn't become good at speaking um so yeah i've had to break through a lot of that stuff like like a lot of people have and you said that it, you know you were lucky to have found the right coach at the time uh, i know that a lot of those limitations and a lot of that imposter syndrome it's in my humble opinion uh it's almost impossible to overcome them by yourself mm-hmm. i i feel uh, i i know that you there's all of the all of the youtube videos and all of the education around there and all the psychology around around it available for everybody to see and but i just feel and you tell me if you disagree or or agree um, like imposter syndrome is something that it, it, you you couldn't it's like being in a hole and, and trying to get out of it yourself like it, it's very very difficult to be able to do and it's a lot and it's a lot more feasible to be able to do it and stay out of it if you've got someone grabbing hold of your hands uh, would would you say that that's fair Absolutely and I think that's a philosophy that I apply to different areas of life even today like at the moment I have six coaches in different areas of life and I know that sounds obnoxious but um you know for example um I'm training for a triathlon so I have um a cycling coach a running coach and a swim coach um I have uh some coaches that are helping me with some very specific areas in speaking at the moment um and I could do all of that myself. As you say, there's never been more information available, free information online. Um YouTube can teach you anything. Yeah. Uh and you can do all that stuff and become highly proficient, successful and a high performer in those areas. It's just going to take a long time. And I think, you know, most people get to some point in life where they realize life is really fucking short. <laughs> Uh so you can take the long route like you can do it yourself and teach yourself and um go through the trial and error process or you can go to someone who is already a high performer in that particular field um and learn from them and do it the quick way and do it the intensive way uh and for me that's 
you know, that's just how I how I run at life in something that I want to get good at. Uh, I love it. I mean, and I've you know, I'm similarly. Uh, I've got, I've only got, I've only got the two coaches. So I'm feeling a little bit inadequate at the minute. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, but um, I and one of them, uh, by the way, team, and I'll have, have no problem in 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 saying this publicly. Like one of them is Amanda, who's uh, allowed me very kindly into her stable from a a speaker marketing uh, point of view, and and we're working on a whole bunch of stuff. One of which is this podcast, which was something that was in. The the pipeline for me but it wasn't just yet uh and thanks to amanda actually it was it was it was the nudge that i required in order to get out of my own way and and really bring this thing to bring this thing uh in together so uh, and so i i feel that it's not obnoxious to say that you have six coaches it is uh it's absolutely necessary to understand that if you have got uh, weak points in your game, or you've got uh, some some things that you would like to get a lot more strong. So they don't necessarily have to just be weaknesses. They could be things that you just really want to be really, really good at. And and that's okay too. That's absolutely fine too. Indulge yourself uh, in getting as good as you could possibly be. By- yeah, and it's also about the accountability, right? It's the accountability oh. piece. So I could do the training that I need to in the gym. Um Without a coach, would I? Probably not. Like just be, I think being a high performance human is is part of that process is actually being honest with yourself. Um, I am not the most disciplined person. Uh, and, you know, I have tried doing it by myself in lots of different areas of life that requires discipline. I just don't often have the discipline. So mm. it's just being honest with yourself and kind of being nice to yourself about it rather than berating yourself about, oh my God, I should be more disciplined and I should be better with finances. And I should just let, like, just acknowledge who you are as a person and get the people around you who have the strengths that you don't have. Um, because that if there's a lot of freedom in that um, oh. acknowledging who you are, acknowledging that you're not great at everything um, and just finding people who can fill those gaps for you. I think there's so much freedom and power in that. Couldn't agree more. Now, I want to ask, just going back a step or two, you mentioned that the, that the speaking side of things was something that you did as a commercial decision, but the depth at which you've committed to this world like selling your marketing business so you could focus on it wholly and solely. Clearly, I know, I mean, I'm sure there would have been some financial decisions around it, but clearly, surely there was a there, there is a transition period where it went from commercial to something that lights you up on a day-to-day basis. Because the way that you talk about it now sounds anything but commercial. Uh, in terms of the way that you talk about the speaking world and and how it you know, how it rolls and so on and so forth, so was there a period of time or was there a mo or you know was there a moment or a series of moments that really got your brain going? Hold on, like this is purely money, 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 money. When you're going, hold on, mm. I'm actually really starting to enjoy this. Like, was there a period of time where you could sort of think back to and go, "Whoa, I reckon that was it." Yeah, great question. Because as I said, it was initially. You know, my um, time on stage, the time that I invested on stage was about generating work for the agency mm. uh, and, and you know, securing clients. Um, now it's obviously a very different equation. I don't have that back end. So how I, you know, the time I spend on stage now is very different. I feel very differently about it. Mm. Uh, you know, ugh, I do. I know it sounds... Um, what does it sound? It sounds weird to say this, but... I honestly can't believe that I make such a good living out of doing this because I just that the, I love it that much and it does, you know, light that fire in my belly. I, I just love it and I can't believe I get paid for doing what I do <laughs> um, mm. because it is just, you know, it is that much of a blessed life, not just, you know, the audiences I get to spend time with, but, you know, all the things that come with that, a really great lifestyle and travel and experiences and you know, I just get to meet so many amazing people and make an impact on other people. Uh, that that to me is just the highest honor. Mm. Um, and and it's probably why you know talking about high performance. Um, my lowest performance period in my life was during COVID, and it wasn't just you know about the financial impact of not being able to speak. It was 
just having that taken away, it was, I completely underestimated the mental and emotional impact it was going to have. Yeah. And it wasn't just about the money. It was like not being able to do what you love is, Mm. is just, it, it was devastating. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Rita, Real Estate Training Australia. Shane and the team genuinely care for the success of all of their students, not only providing them with the qualifications to enter the industry, but the skills in order to thrive. With 24-hour online support, access to one-on-one training sessions, lifetime access to industry mentors and support, as well as free job-ready training programs for anybody that gets their qualifications through their portal. They're a tremendous outfit and they want to make sure that everybody that comes into the industry stays in the industry. For more information, make sure you head to their website, www.reta.edu.au. How did you find that? And we'll, let's, let's just dig into that just for a minute or two. How did you find that? that removal of of one's identity almost right how you do i mean it's uh, it's it was exposing for a lot of us right it was very very exposing um how did you combat that i mean no i don't know i don't want to talk about the, the you know the the mechanical logistical maneuvers of going online and doing webinars and blah 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 right that's that's been done to death internally how did you personally come to terms with the way that the world was at that period of time. Yeah, I, I mean, it all feels like a bad dream now, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But as I said, I, I I really underestimated the impact. I mean, this was who could have foreseen this? You know, mm-hmm. if you said to me, uh, "There's going to be a two two to two and a half year period where you're not going to get, you're not going to be able to speak," and I, you know, I mean, the reasons for that would be a health reason. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I could think that would take that away. This was just so out of nowhere. Um, and it was, as you said, it was identity. I, I just, I had completely never consciously considered how much of my identity, rightly or wrongly, was wrapped up in me as Amanda Stevens' speaker. Um, mm-hmm. And having that taken away, it was a it was it was a devastating process. It was a challenging process. But I I look back on it and I think ultimately it was very character building because I had to really do a lot of soul searching um, to really think about who was I. Who was I other than a speaker? And I'm not saying that was the entirety, um, but I just had to dial into and lean into other parts of me that make that make me me and and look for if, if you want to call it high how can I be a high performer in other areas mm. uh, and it, it did get me thinking about you know speaking as much as I love it it's my purpose it's not all of who I am um, and having it taken away you know made me made me ultimately really as I said invest in other areas uh, think about who I was as a person, as a mum, uh, and and really kind of you know find other ways to um, have ident- have a, a sense of purpose and a sense of identity. So I think ultimately it was uh, yeah it was a great personal development exercise. Um, I think a Tony Robbins weekend would have been easier and cheaper, but um, mm. here we are. Indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so ultimately, I think like, no silver bullets in any of it, but plenty of silver linings. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I wanted to, wanted to uh, dig into with you, I want to come away from that a topic that everybody gets frustrated talking about nowadays. Um, what, I, what I really wanted to talk to you about as well in this podcast was around the belief in the value that one brings. Now, in the speaking world, like some people can, some people see it as arrogance. Some people sit there and go, well, I could have told him that, or, you know, I could do this or, you know, I, you know, what is, what is this chick? What does this guy know? Um, you command audiences, um, you know, high profile audiences, uh, really, really, you know, big names and influential people and, and big audiences. 
how much, and, and I know that this will be an extensive answer, like I know the answer is going to be extensive, but you mentioned that when you first started the speaking side of things, you really struggled with that, like, who the hell am I, right? Like, who, like I'm, who am I, this young chick? I best put some glasses on and pretend to be clever sort of thing. Um, but when did you start to really believe that the value that you were bringing was worthwhile taking people's time and money from for like where mm-hmm. where did it where did it where did it come through because um I, there's going to be a lot of people and look so the best ideas in the world are the ones that no one ever gets to hear about right uh because of this this very problem this very very problem is that there is an inane a lack of belief that whatever you have to say is going to be valuable to someone how does one process this whole notion? Because this can be applied to anything, right? In the real estate world, it's listing agents who don't realize or believe the value that they do actually bring to someone's life. And therefore, they just think of it as a transaction. And then they become an also ram. Um, you know, and then there's those that everybody just sees as ridiculously arrogant. Uh, and there's some that just are arrogant and they don't realize that they don't bring half the value that they think they do. Mm. What are your thoughts on all this? I don't want to keep banging on about imposter syndrome because I don't know if it is exactly imposter syndrome, but I think it's it's an inner belief issue around mm. all of this. So what are your thoughts on this? And where, how did you, you know, did you speak to psychologists? What was your process around it? Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I think, and I've done, I've done a lot of work um, on this recently, I think, Uh so I'm working on a new book around the concept of everyday bravery. Um, and it's not just about the investment and the habits uh, and the little things that we do for ourselves every day. It's actually also about the little things that you do for other people. So I think that putting imposter syndrome to the side, I think the biggest um, challenge for a lot of people is that often the impact that they're having isn't highly visible. But that doesn't mean that it's not a huge impact. Uh, and sometimes we do things um, that have an impact on someone, you know, weeks, months, years down the track. So I think it's just maintaining an unwavering belief that if you are a good human and you're doing good things with other people in mind, that's going to create ripple effects of impact. Um, and so impact, I think, is you know, is something that, as I said, because it's not highly visible always, it doesn't mean that it's not there. And, you know, as speakers, we sometimes get reminded of this. You know, I I had a spoke at a conference last week. I do a lot in travel and that was obviously another industry that was debilitated by COVID. And over COVID, I did uh, these weekly, uh, I called them recovery roundtables. So I just did one every day for a different industry. So every week there would be a travel one. Every week there'd be a retail one. Um, Every week there'd be a fitness one and so on. And look, to be really honest with you, I was doing those to get myself out of bed. (laughs) Um, And But also because I didn't have any live audiences, all I could think of was how can I serve and how can I help these people? Because that was helpful to me. Mm. I had a woman come up to me at a conference last week and she said, you're the reason that I didn't commit suicide during COVID. Wow. And that obviously comes with inherent responsibility, but, you know, a really good reminder that often you are impacting, you never really understand the impact you're having on other people. And sometimes it, it, you know, that's an extreme example, but I just think people need to remember that even the little things that you do, it could be a compliment that you pay someone at a cafe. Uh, they're actually little things, but you never understand and you might never understand what that means to that person. So I just think we all have the ability to we all have the ability to impact other people in really huge ways through sometimes the tiniest of gestures. Oh, that's taking a di- that's taking a turn, a directional turn that I wasn't expecting. And, it, and it's sorry, I didn't mean no, to. No, no, no. 
<laughs> it's, no, 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 no. Far from it. It's taking it's taking a wonderful a wonderful turn because when we talk about bringing value, a lot of the time, well, I say a lot of the time, most of the time, and I'm guilty of this myself. When we're talking about bringing value, we are instantly taken to scale, right? How like society, right? And we, 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 our eyes get way too big for our bellies in the sense of like, how, who am I to go on a stage in front of 500 or a thousand people or whatever it is and command their attention for a period of time out of their lives? Like what value could I bring to that audience? Right. Mm. Because we're looking at it as a big fat audience. Mm. But if we were to do what you just said, right. And instead of focusing on, bringing value and impact to an entire community. If we were to just focus on on the value and impact that we could potentially bring to one, two, four, seven people Mm. in that audience, that would give us, this is really cool. That would give us a level of freedom to be able to express ourselves in a way that means that we don't have to try and be authentic. We don't have to try, you know, and be genuine and whatnot. Because when you are in the coffee shop paying a uh, the barista a compliment or saying, hey, look, that coffee was absolutely top drawer or whatever it is, right? That takes zero effort uh, in any way. It takes zero effort. and and But we have brought a small degree of tangible value to that person's life. But the other thing, and the other part of this equation is that you're not just impacting that person's life. That creates a ripple effect because by you paying him a compliment, he might go from being, you know, super grumpy um, to, oh, okay, wow, I'm what I'm doing is important. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're making 200 coffees a day, that gets pretty monotonous and you get bored pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by validating that the barista, you're actually changing the experience that he's going to deliver to the next customer. Mm. And that, you know, that person's going to feel better about themselves and that changes, you know, potentially conversations that they have with other people that day. So this notion of, you know, creating those ripple effects, uh, the cumulative effect of that, could be infinite. You just you just never know. And sometimes it does start with the smallest of things and the smallest of gestures. But it's just about what value can I bring? How can I make this person's day better? And often just that question, um, we all have the ability to do that. I love the concept of that. And I think we or anybody that's listening to this, if you're looking to uh, really improve the influence piece of becoming a high performance human, I think we need to narrow our focus a little bit. And instead of worrying about having influence over an industry, if you're in business or whatever, having an influence over a community or whatever the case may be, the ripple effects and and the ramifications, the positive ramifications of dropping a pebble into the ocean and causing a ripple that can become a tidal wave if it really sort of gains traction and momentum. It all starts with that little ripple. And 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 if we were to just focus on just creating a little ripple with a couple of people, then the accumulative f- effect, as Amanda says, would be way more significant than us trying to impact a thousand people in exactly the same way um, which is impossible when you consider the fact that we as humans, we automatically get on with and don't get on with people depending on walks of life and the way that we articulate ourselves and so on and so on, and the energies and blah, blah, blah. Some just don't mesh. So it's impossible to do it anyway. Uh, but then the world that they're living in as well. So their world. So for that barista who's having a bad day, we've created a positive impact on there. But you could be in a room and it is, again, I would say impossible to not have an impact on someone's life that might not be so amazing, i.e. or e.g. you've not brought them any value that they didn't already know and therefore they feel like they've wasted their time. You know, it's impossible to 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 really get away from that, right? So I think 
I love this. I love this whole thing of, I think influence is seen as way too grand a gesture when it couldn't, when it can absolutely be the simplest of sentences or the simplest of actions that can have an impact that goes way beyond anything that you could possibly have tried to generate with your intelligence. Right. Um, Mm. uh, That's, that's fascinating. And I love it. Everyday bravery. So when it comes to this top, this whole notion of everyday bravery, right? So, um, and FYI team, and I'll do a little disclaimer here. This, this isn't a book plug and that is book B O O K by the way, plug, um, um, in any way, shape or form. But this everyday bravery thing. So are we talking about the everyday bravery uh, of um, having influence over people by creating positive little ripples in people's lives? What are we talking about here? Like, let's dig into this a little bit more because it sort of ties in with the part of our earlier conversation, which is the aggregation, the, the accumulation of incremental growth over time, right? So, you know, is are we talking about everyday bravery with regards to one's own discipline as well? Are we, you know, dig into it a little bit for us if you can. Yeah, lots of different things. And and the concept of everyday bravery and the people that I've interviewed for the book um, have all overcome pretty significant challenges um, and hardships and tragedies and grief. Uh, but I've also interviewed people who have, through everyday bravery and through that concept of cumulative effect, uh, have, you know, found themselves in positions of influence or um, a, a high performance. So, um it, you know, the concept of everyday bravery is really about what can I do each and every day to step out of my comfort zone? And I know that sounds simple, but it's not simplistic. Right. I think people look for, uh, they look for the silver bullet. They look for, you know, give me the inspiration. Like, is it j- just give it to me? How am I going to get inspired or how am I going to overcome this thing? What's the one thing? And it's never one thing. Uh, it's the little things that we do uh, that, really create breakthrough results. Um, and, you know, one of the examples I use is I did seven years of IVF, um, IVF taking the fun out of sex since 1976. No. Um, and, you know, like that process, again, incredible personal development, uh, but I literally tried everything. I did. I, I I took the potions. I did the acupuncture. I did the weird therapy. I did the the color therapy, the light therapy. Uh, you know, I did it all. And the reason is that I figured that were all of those things having an impact. Maybe not. Maybe some of them weren't at all. Um, but if the majority of those things had a one percent impact on the outcome. The cumulative effect of that did what was that was that the approach that led to the ultimate breakthrough of having my son? I don't know, but I can look back on that and go, I was just I was a believer in the one percenters. I was a believer that if I did enough of the one percenters uh, over a long enough period of time, that would ultimately lead to success. And I think that's a really powerful metaphor for everyday bravery or and, and high performance for that matter. Uh, it's never one thing. It's the little things that we do consistently. Uh, and, and as I said, are my daily habits perfect? No. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm willing to try new things. I'm, you know, just, we, we just bought an ice bath um, and I love it. Like just, I figure like just doing an ice bath a couple of times a week uh, is a little thing that I can do that can have over time a really positive impact on my health and recovery and levels of information and and probably mood as well. Um, so I think I think it's just that you know that approach of just being willing to try things and being willing to do new things, being willing to do one brave thing every day. Uh, it's just through the act of that and the commitment to that. I think that's where we get, that's, you know, where the magic happens. Uh, and I think that it's important to state that it doesn't, you, you not once did you talk about the outcome of any of those little actions, right? It was alluding what you mentioned earlier on, which is it's the, it's the 
uh, journey, not the destination that ties in with becoming a high performance human, like all of those things there, being willing to try stuff and actually move forward in trying things, irrespective of whether you're trying something from a skill-based point of view that you're crap at, um, or whether you're giving, or whether you're giving an ice bath to go for the first time and you only get your legs in this first time, because they, they are incredible, except for the moment when they're not. And, um, and, and when you go, man, this is really cold. Yeah, when you go shit the bed, that's just hit the bottom of my bits. This is not good at all. Um, so, um, so you know, but afterwards, the you know the 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 when you're in it and you calm, and then you're in that motion of being calm in that sort of high stress environment is you know that process in itself is just so enriching and and i actually put a i put a post up about something around this a few weeks ago when i said find a hobby that you're rubbish at right mm-hmm. find a hobby that you're really crap at and and have fun with it and be in the moment ha- be happy being crap at something yeah. um, it's and, a really and- good really good insight and i think the ice bath is a you know it's a really good metaphor for and, and you know my ivf example i think what i what was really an insight for me in that was you, you would think that I was very focused on the outcome and visualizing the outcome and visualizing success and thinking about being a mum. But what I learned through seven years of that was what what was what made it um, what made it powerful uh, and what made it effective for lots of different reasons was actually being in the moment, as you say. And actually embracing, you can't enjoy everything. Do I enjoy my ice baths? Um, no, um, but I embrace it in the moment. I don't focus on, I'm going to feel great after this ice bath. I actually just embrace the feeling in that moment. And I think that, again, as it pertains to everyday bravery or high performance, it is not being too focused on the outcome and actually not being too attached to the outcome. Um, it's actually just embracing the process and trying to enjoy the process in that moment. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think not being attached to the outcome, I think is, is a tremendous point to make. I, in a, a you know, coming back to my uh, real estate side of things, not being too attached to whether someone's going to list with you or not list with you, for example, as a, as a homeowner, um, I'll actually, it actually gives you a freedom to be able to be in the moment and actually be in the moment with them and allow them to feel the moment with you. Uh, and therefore allowing a, a, allowing an opportunity to create a synergy that is better than any script or dialogue known to man. Uh, yeah, so- and, it, and it's also about you know, it's about your mindset and intention as well. Uh, you know, I talk a lot on stage about this um, Japanese philosophy of omotenashi, and omotenashi uh, it's a Japanese word. It's in fact the only language in the world that has a word kind of to describe service culture, if you like, and and it means to be of service without expecting anything in return. The literal translation, like, is to look wholeheartedly after our guests, and you see that in Japanese culture. Mm. Uh, and and I think it's such a great philosophy to embrace, particularly when it comes to high performance, is not being attached to the outcome, just being there to serve, being there to uh, to give, you know, through radical generosity or have the intention of what where can I add value in this moment to this person. Uh, and if you go into life and scenarios and sales situations, I think with that philosophy and that mindset, it will have a natural boomerang effect on your results. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the the immediate analogy that's come to my head is is like an Olympic sprinter, for example. Yes, their goal is to get the gold medal and to be the one to get to the end line, to the finish line first. But when they're sat on the blocks, there's one thing that they're thinking about, and that is starting well. Um, that's the only thing that they care about in that particular moment is starting well. And then when they're 10, 20 meters in, the only thing that they care about is their is their form, is their, is their angles of their backs and their, and their, and whatnot. 
Um, and then after that, they're still not thinking about the finish line because then all they're thinking about is is just trying to get those legs pedaling as quickly as possible. And then even as they approach the finish line, all they're thinking about is Ben is doing the last minute dip, right? Mm-hmm. So the actual goal is not what they're focusing on. They're focusing on the bit, the various elements in that race up to the end. And then they get to have a look at it afterwards mm. so yeah i love it i love that i love that uh, the concept of everyday bravery is is such a tremendous concept that i think everybody needs to sort of have a little think about and marinate on and maybe get in an ice bath over and 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 potentially test themselves a little bit in that regard uh look amanda i i have absolutely treasured this conversation i i can't thank you enough uh, for your uh, your openness with your own experiences and how that's contributed towards the various philosophical thoughts that you've had. I would highly recommend, team, that um, if you haven't uh, come across Amanda's work in, in some way, shape or form, I'd highly recommend that you um, have a look for um, the, the, the book, uh, the, you know, the various writings that she's done, the various speaking gigs that she's done. Um, she's got her own websites and all that sort of stuff as well, which, I, which we will make sure we tag into the description part of this episode. You'd be crazy to not follow this human. And, and, you know, we've, we haven't had a chance to talk about it today, but you'll also see if you follow her on Instagram, for example, you see that um, she's very much a practice what she preaches type of individual. You know the the trips that she that you see her on with her with her boy. Um, you know she makes sure that she enjoys her time. She enjoys the fruits of her labor as well. Um, she sounds like a very full on individual, but she's she's actually you know she's full on in every element of her life. But I'm saying that in an entirely positive way. When she's chilling with her fella, she's chilling with her fella. When she's with her boy, she's with her boy, and you know that she's in the moment at every single point in time. Amanda, thank you so, so much. Thanks, Andy. I don't, you know, I don't get it right all the time, but um, I think if you can get it right uh, most of the time, then that's kind of, then that's a good recipe for life. Couldn't agree more. And on that note, team, I hope that you all stay safe, healthy, happy, and enjoy yourselves on your journey towards becoming a high-performance human in however you think that looks. Take care, team, and we'll speak to you again real, real soon. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The High Performance Human. Hopefully, we've given you enough value to justify the time that you've given us. And we've got you that much closer to becoming your version of a high performance human. If you want to have any questions answered, then please feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Andy Reed Coaching, or alternatively, shoot me an email, andy at andyreed.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thank you so much for joining us once again, and I really can't wait to hopefully bring you some more value in the next episode. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, most importantly, stay happy.